0: I'm Kendall Gilding, and this is my 30 minutes with Tanil J. Tanil is an Australian makeup artist and hairstylist who, in a few short years, has blown up into one of Queensland's most in-demand experts for everyone from celebrities to brides. With more than 285,000 followers on social media, the pressure behind the brush has never been greater. She spends her week working for countless fashion brands, doing commercial shoots, while also still finding time for little nobodies. Like me. Tanil is also a wife and a mum to two young boys, so life is very busy. In this chat, Tanil speaks candidly about her early toxic relationship with makeup as a teenager and how she turned that for good into a rewarding career. I just want to give a warning. In this chat, we talk about mental health and suicide, which could be triggering for some listeners. Here's my 30 Minutes with Tanil J. Tanielle, welcome to my thirty minutes. Can I be honest and say I was planning my hair and makeup look, knowing that you (laughs) were coming over, and new mum life caught me real bad. So now I actually have no makeup on. Your hair looks good though. Oh bless.
1: And it's a Friday. Who cares? Yeah, okay. You know, and I had I only have to put makeup on because I have to see people when I do a shoot. You know, but. Otherwise, when I'm at home, I look like Gollum. That's the situation. Oh, please, Seriously. Gollum! I don't believe it. <laughs> do you find people are often trying to
0: impress you with their hair and makeup when they know they're going to see you?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know because I, no. Uh, well, when it comes to friends and family, no one cares, you know. And but I do judge them when I watch them apply their makeup. <laughs> they know that I'm watching, and I'm like, uh, "How long has it been since you washed that makeup brush?" Yeah, you know, but um. You know, I'm just there, you know, I, I don't really care. It's People can wear makeup however they really want to wear it. It's, um, yeah, that's that's the thing. What about for you when you're going
0: to even just a shoot for work or something else, do you feel a bit of pressure that people are always going to be critiquing your hair and makeup?
1: Um, maybe the first job, when I go and do the first job, yeah. I, I go, I try and put a little bit more effort but then after a bit, no, it just comes undone. It's that
0: first impression yeah, thing, and yeah, then you're like, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah. So after that, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, my hair always comes last. It's hardly ever brushed, and probably the day today, I w- I put my makeup on in ten minutes. That's how long I get myself. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I can pull out a wing pretty quick. I couldn't do that. It's just, I never used to be good at wing liner. Like I just always used to avoid it, even on my makeup. So I'd always just try and talk people out of it in a nice way. And no, but once you, you just got to practice, practice makes perfect. It sure
0: does. Tell me about how you became a makeup artist. Was this always something you wanted to pursue?
1: Um, originally, I wanted to be a singer. Really? Yes. And a thing I always loved music and, but I loved, I was always creative. You know, like I loved um, anything. I was never good at any, like school or anything like that. Um, But when it came to, I think with makeup, my first, what got me into makeup was definitely out of insecurity for sure. Um, I remember the moment I started wearing makeup and I never went back because it was like, I think it was like grade eight and I was hanging out with my best friend and her older sister who who I don't even know who she is anymore, you know. But this this sister said to me, "Oh, you'd look better with makeup." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then from there, it kind of was really like quite. It was, became a mask, and I I wouldn't go to school without makeup. It was like this huge issue for me. Um, I I was so insecure, and I would just I couldn't not wear it. It was literally I ha- I wore it to bed. I used to wear it to bed. And no one, not even my parents, would see me without makeup. I just couldn't, you know, just couldn't bear looking at myself without makeup. You're kidding Which, me. It was really sad. Like it really, it really consumed me. Like I was so um, insecure without it. And, but then, you know, um, I would, I'd get in trouble all the time at school. Um, Cause you weren't allowed to wear makeup. Yeah. But, and I'd have this big black line, like this big black line and they'd be like, are you wearing makeup today?" have? like, no. And so I'd always get called down to the office. And I had this great deputy principal that he used to just be like, Tanil, you're never going to take that off. Are you? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to happen. And so he kind of really like, I'd always get sent down to the office for wearing makeup and we'd just have these good old chats. And He was actually really great because he really um, used to challenge me and encourage me, you know, just with what I wanted to do with with life. And um, then after school, uh, my cousin used to get her makeup done all the time at Napoleon when I couldn't do it because I just started doing all my friends' makeup. And then they were looking for some uh, um, casual stuff, so they asked her to get me to apply And I wasn't, I didn't even know about, I hadn't done a course, hadn't done anything. And I did want to do a course, but it just, to me, seemed like a lot of money and a lot of time to commit to. So yeah, she got me to apply there. And then I just went and did an audition. I got the job and started just in the retail store. And then just kind of from there, just kept going up and up and up. And I felt like that time was A time where I learned on the job because I think as a makeup artist, the best thing you can do, you're not going to learn it in six weeks. You need to be learning different skin textures, different people's face. Over that time, I came into contact with so many different people, so many different women of all different backgrounds. So that was really the building blocks for how I've become the makeup artist I am today because I worked for them for about 10 years. And then had a baby and then I started freelancing and then that's me now.
0: (laughs) There is so much to unpack in (laughs) that story. I know. First of all, the chick that told you when you're in year eight that you would look better with makeup just breaks my heart. It was, was her comment really the catalyst for you wearing it? It, Or was it just kind of something perhaps you would have loved anyway?
1: No, honestly, before that, I never thought about makeup never thought about makeup. And I was so, I was such an impressionable kid, you know, like I was always a bit of a follower, very insecure. Um, and so for her, I, I looked up to her cause I thought she was quite cool, you know? And then for her, yeah, to say that, that really kind of just got something in me that just made me see myself completely different but in a really sad way, like, and it kind of spun me into this really like in high school. I did struggle with, I guess, like suicide. I I didn't I didn't ever go there, but there was those thoughts, and so um, I had a, I battled a lot with those just as a as a teenager, just really hating myself. So yeah, it's funny because yeah, that's how my my interest in makeup started, and that's where. I feel like my makeup artistry has evolved so much because it was first a mask, whereas now I'm really passionate about making women feel beautiful in their own skin, but still look like themselves, you know, and not, yeah, not feel like they have to wear it, but just, you know, knowing that you can add a little bit here and there if you just want to perk yourself up, but it's not, that's not who you are, you know, so.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful way for your life to have transitioned Mm. from something that perhaps started really negative to giving Mm. you such a fantastic career now. And I love what makeup does for people because on a lot of levels, it can seem rather superficial that we're changing the way we look and altering ourselves. But really, it's about Perhaps maximising your assets, bringing out your eye colour and just doing things that make you feel good. I'm a huge believer if if it's going to make you feel good, do it.
1: Well, we're not going to walk around naked. You know, it's the same with our face. Like we like to wear a bra. It holds these things up. Same with our face, you know, a little bit of contour just or a bit of highlight just lifts the skin, makes us look fresh. I just love
0: that you referenced like contouring (laughs) to wearing a bra.
1: (laughs) Real parallel. Well, they both do quite (laughs) similar things. You know, a bra will lift and a contour helps to push and lift the cheekbones. So it's doing the same kind of thing.
0: Absolutely love that. It's the underwear to our makeup. Beautiful. <laughs> it's really great to hear people's backstories because often if someone say follows you on social media over the last few years, they might've watched your journey and thought, wow, Tennille's really blown up. Yeah. But the truth is this is something you've been working at for over oh, a decade.
1: That's, that's the funny thing. I get people go, "Oh, how do you get sent all this free stuff? You know, you and they do assume that my career's maybe I've only been a makeup artist for a few years since I've been on Instagram. But, you know, I look at those, especially those years where I was in a retail store, they were the hardest because, you know, you're not getting paid that well. And, but it really is a building blocks for you understanding and knowing how to communicate with um, your client and understanding where they sit on, what looks good with their makeup or, you know, I call it the makeup meter, whether they're light makeup wearers, heavy makeup wearers or, and understanding, um, yeah, how they want to wear makeup has really come from those years, you know, those were way more valuable than say the last four years of being on Instagram, you know, so
0: yeah. Are you at a point now because of social media though where you can pick and choose the jobs you do and don't want to do?
1: Um Yes. I think obviously with the pandemic at the moment, I don't have too many options because <laughs> I've got to do the jobs that are here in Australia. I mean, it was funny this year. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go traveling. I want to do a stint in the US. Um, but yeah, there was other plans for that. But so, I, but I am at the point, I was doing like lots of weddings. I think uh, last year and the year before I did like 80 weddings a year, which just burnt me because I was also working during the week doing shoots. Um, so this year I made the decision to stop doing them or doing, I'm doing maybe one every, well, at the moment I haven't done one for six months. I was going to say good year to <laughs> stop doing weddings. Yeah, it actually worked out perfectly because I, I felt so sad for some of my friends cause I had to cancel a whole six months worth of work that just came in droves when it was announced that, you know, events couldn't Um, go ahead so I didn't have that influx of like admin to do because I already didn't really have weddings booked but um, so that's actually given me a really great break um, because I've needed that because that's I always found like weddings I used to like them but then I got to a point where it was like the last day of the week was like the most exhausting and it just so yeah now I feel like I've been able to pick and choose I love doing shoots and I love doing content for brands I think that's really great because I can work from home so yeah working from home's the dream oh it is but then I also like to be out as well just for your mental health yes but um yeah being at home you know can just wear no shoes that's what I'm like You can have your slippers
0: on like I do right now.
1: (laughs) Speaking of your
0: Napoleon days, I remember those little counters and they sort of just popped up in shopping centres everywhere. And I feel like maybe that was a really pivotal moment in makeup culture in our country. Since then we saw other stuff like MAC have stores Mm -hmm. and now I guess even the beauty areas of shops like David Jones and Maya, you'll often see people in there getting their makeup done. Yeah. I think maybe 15 years ago, that wasn't the case. And then social media has come along in amongst all of that. Blew and it up. It's blown up. But what is it about makeup that you think has shifted culturally for us? People used to only get their makeup done maybe for their school formal, yeah. maybe their wedding day, but even then they may not have. What's changed? We're now getting it done you know, for anything, multi-
1: anything, I, I've had girls get their makeup done just to go to brunch with their girlfriends. I'm like, really? Or like, you know, now formal girls are getting trials, and I'm thinking, wow, like, for my formal, like, uh, I don't know, I got it done, but um, yeah, like, it just wasn't a high priority. It just, you know, I booked it last minute. Um, I think, I think a big thing is, I think there's a huge um, there was a huge shift with Instagram on how you, you appear to the public. So because um, that has brought out – there's been such great things that have come out of social media but there's also been this other thing that's really um, – I see it and I, I'm kind of grateful that I didn't have social media when I was young because I was already comparing myself to uh, people in magazines whereas now girls are now comparing themselves to a girl down the road they might have two hundred thousand followers, Um, so she's comparing herself to just someone that, you know, is quite accessible. Whereas we were kind of looking at girls in magazines, which you could kind of in your in your mind go, oh, but they're they've got lots of money and they're you know this and that, so you can kind of bring yourself back down. Whereas now, I think. Yeah, I'd have to say I see myself in the generation now that, uh, um, yeah, appearance has become such a huge thing. And it is a highlights reel, isn't it? It's not real life. It's not. It's not. I love to talk
0: about social media and the smoke and mirrors of that because I'm someone that gets my hair and makeup done five days a week, Monday to Friday. I spend an hour or more in a hair chair Mm -hmm. or hair and makeup chair every single afternoon. And we're talking about the full works, So fake hair, fake lashes, stacks of foundation when you were talking about the makeup meter. I'm on the high end. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lots and lots of product. So we get the works done. And I'm always interested when you post a finished look on your page with a model, do you think people fully grasp the work and the effort that has gone into that? Um, I don't think they do.
1: But then I think then there's people that obviously get it because they understand makeup. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I guess on touching on that is another thing. It's like um, I often get people go, oh, how do you how do you work with models all the time and not feel insecure? My, that's such a strange question to me because I, I do get it because as a young person, I would have been very I would been like, oh, they're so beautiful, you know, that sort of thing. But um, these models. Are all gorgeous, you know, and but what I have really found is that they're all a lot of these girls struggle with the same thing that I've struggled with. We're all comparing ourselves, and it's not like that, like you said, the smoke and mirrors. It's not all amazing on social media, you know. I, I I'm sad for some some girls. They get so much hate, and so many people are criticizing them and their bodies and their looks, you know. It completely um, Messes with your head, so I just think, yeah, makeup, yeah, it's it's great, and social media is great, but there's this whole other world that some people don't even realize is going on. So,
0: what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions about what you do for a living?
1: Ooh, misconceptions. Oh, misconceptions. <laughs> ah, some of the conceptions are quite true because I think that I have quite easy job which I do <laughs> you reckon yeah it's now it's become so much it's become easier as my job jobs you know as I've gotten further in my career because I'm choosing jobs that I want to do um probably the misconception though it is it is like I'm working way more than what I ever did it's not like I just do you know a few hours here and there um it's the driving it's the early mornings um a lot of people think oh when you're doing shoots yeah it'd be so fun and blah 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 but oftentimes it's it's not all glamorous like all us behind the scenes literally look like absolute crap you know and we're (laughs) we're all sweating and tired and the model I think there's a huge misconception on what models do as well I think models have it so easy blah 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 but you know Um, they have to have their smile on for the whole day. And all of us can stand back and just, you know, just stand around, but they're just, they're working it. Like I always
0: think of models like athletes because they spend this whole time posing and getting into these unnatural positions and they just have to keep moving.
1: and, And they have to be like, they have to make new moves. Like it, it's like a dance. It's crazy, and that's where I think there's a huge misconception with. Oh, models have such an easy life, and oh, you know, I, I can guarantee you the pace. I think it's pretty good, but um also it's not. It's not just some. It's not all glamorous. It's like well, there's a job to be done, and yeah, it's it's business.
0: It yeah. is business. So. You talked about driving and maybe some of the hours you work. Often your shoots, you've got to be up at three in the morning. You might have to be driving to Byron. You work a lot of weekends if, say, you were Mm. doing weddings. And you've got two young boys. So how do you juggle all that? Daycare (laughs) does not open at four in the morning. How do you make that work?
1: Um, I think back to especially when I had my second. And that's kind of when my career started I was getting booked out way more and I was really stressed because I didn't want to take maternity like a huge gap because in this industry you could be replaced like that and so I was really nervous to like take a break because I was like oh my god I'm gonna lose all my jobs and so I actually went back two weeks after I had a baby which when I think back, I'm like, that's mental. Like it's so mental that I did that and I hadn't even had like a C section, so I was really sore. <laughs> I don't even know how you stood up. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm I'm actually crazy, right? And so I think, you know, I do have an incredibly supportive husband. That makes the that makes it so much easier to do my job because he's um so hands-on with the boys and um, so I'm really, really blessed to have him and he's always been really supportive of me going for my dreams. So, you know, in some senses he's kind of taken a step back to catapult me forward. Um, so I'm really, really grateful. Um, and he often will do the mornings. You know, mind you, I have to have the lunches packed and everything. <laughs> you have to do your night prep yeah, the day before. Yeah, but um, he does – at the mornings and because I'm out the door most of the time by 4:30, so he he does the mornings and then I do the I do the pickups. So um, it's it's crazy and you know um, that's why I had to pull back on the weddings too because I was I was working too much, not spending enough time with the boys. So I I felt like um, yeah I had I hit a point last year in the last year I felt really sad that I missed out on that time with my kids at such a young age and it kind of hit me that I was, you have to be honest, quite selfish, you know, because I kind of put my career first. In some ways, you know, I, I am grateful that for where I am, but I feel like I also, yeah, I have to be honest, I probably, I, I wish if I was to do it again, I would have had a lot more time off and just really spent that time putting it in with my kids.
0: It's really hard when you're self-employed because you do have that push and pull of taking opportunity when it comes up. But also when you want to take a break, you've got to just block out your calendar and not let anything interrupt it. So I feel for you, it's really challenging. Let's get back to social media. You've got close to 300,000 Instagram followers Mm. and I've watched you grow that and it's just been phenomenal. I've had the privilege of having you do my makeup. In fact, all of my website photos and all of the tiles you'll see on my podcast, yes. you did my hair and makeup oh, that, that day. That was so long ago, hey? It was so long ago. And I remember just loving it. I remember going to the shoot and thinking it might be a bit much makeup, but it turned out so beautifully yeah. in the photos. Yeah. And I, you're an absolute legend. I knew that you knew what you were doing. Mm. But watching you grow that follow account, and it's strange the world we live in, in that social media can be such a meter for this sort of thing. Mm. But does that align to any level of success for you? It's a good question,
1: Hey, um, Look, I, there's such different opinions out there because I, I don't think it does. I don't think that your social media really defines how good of a makeup artist you are, not at all, because social media is a whole nother job, in itself and I know there's a lot of makeup artists that I look up to that don't have a following at all and they are so incredible um because and they're more editorial makeup artists that just look at makeup in such a different way and I think they're and they're getting booked They they don't need social media and I think that's that's awesome because social media is is yeah quite I I get quite um overwhelmed with it sometimes i think you know sometimes i just want to shut it down you know because it's just it it overwhelms you and it takes over but and then there's but it depends what your goal is i think if you want to be an influencer if you want to be create content for brands that was being one of my goals i would want to create content so i could work from home be home more with my kids so i think there's um method to yeah growing your instagram depending on your um goal, but I don't think it defines you as a makeup artist. Not at all. I love that. And it's
0: true because often really successful people in this field, like you say, have next to no followers and they don't don't need them. They don't
1: need it. Yeah. How would you define success? Oh, I think success is not staying in the same place. I think that you always have to keep moving and you always have to be open to learning. I think that's so important. I think that you don't ever reach a point where you're like, oh, I've made it. I, I just don't think that – well, that's in my eyes. I just don't think I'm ever going to get to that place where I go. I, but also I think that it's important to enjoy the place that you're in and that's something that I've learnt a lot is not always going, oh, I want more, I want more, but um, that balance of going I can grow as to, you know, being happy with where I'm at as well, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. So. Returning to social media though mm-hmm. a little bit because it is something that you do use for work and yeah. obviously you can do sponsored posts and find income out of that in your home life in mm-hmm. that way. What's the pressure like? Because it's one thing to have a huge follower account, but I know there's a lot of pressure for you guys to then be getting likes, to be getting comments that engagement becomes a huge part of it
1: oh and I feel like Instagram really rewards you when you're engaged a lot so um I myself and some other makeup artists who have huge followings um have spoken about this but I almost preferred it when I was at like a hundred thousand followers into what I am now because I was way more engaged I had way more engagement with who was following me Um, and who, um, with my photos and everything like that, whereas I feel like as your Instagram grows, I don't know what the, um, algorithm is or whatever, but you don't get seen as much the bigger you get. It's almost like they want you to pay. That's, that's what it seems like to me. It's like they, I don't know. It's like you get to a point where they're like, oh, you've had it easy now. Now you have to work even harder. I always feel like at the moment engagements, um, I'm having a good, it's almost like you're in that, uh, I feel like I'm right at the beginning again because I'm having to try and engage with my followers even more so now. It's so much harder. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone strives for these big numbers, but sometimes it really means nothing. You could, and a lot of brands are looking for micro um, influencers because they have way more engagement. So I think, yeah, that's the one thing that, and I get really slack on there sometimes, um, especially 2020. (laughs) Um, I have not been that motivated to share a lot of what I've been feeling this year just because I'm just processing a lot. Um, So, yeah, but I feel like you do pay for it when you don't engage. It's a funny game. Isn't it's it? like
0: a weird game of snakes and ladders. It is. Like it's like it. you
1: have to, if you're not on there, you, you know one, you know, that's, that's, it's a weird, weird place. Um, and so, yeah, but I know if I'm active on there a lot more then all your posts get seen more. So it's like you have to, it's like this reward system. Yeah. Like a game with yeah. Instagram. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, I've got a couple of
0: really quick questions for yeah. you. A couple of product questions. Favorite skincare product? So not oh. makeup,
1: but skincare. Oh, skincare, skincare. Um I would say Oh, the Y-Cell, the new Y-Cell, um, there's a perfect plump serum, which is so, so nice, called Light Up Serum. They have four different serums, but they're so nice and I love using them to prep skin, especially the light up one. It's like a pink one and it's just, it's just really nice and light, um, plumps the skin and then there's this perfect plump cream and you, I feel like you instantly see the results. When I do makeup on clients, so I don't like to use anything too active, so – because my client could react to it. So I only like to use, that's why I think it's good to use like even makeup brands when they bring out skincare because they're not making it too um, really hard, like be super active. They just want it to enhance the makeup. So that's why, but I love the YSL. That's whatever. Yeah.
0: What about your favourite hair product? Because obviously hair is something you do
1: as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you need a good texture spray. And there's – the one that I use all the time is Paul Mitchell. It's And it's a really well-priced one. It's only like $18. Um, And it's called the Undone Texture Spray. And I just think it's like a dry shampoo mixed with a hairspray. And it just gives you – because I love volume. I love texture. I love – so that's – you need it in your life. I'm going to
0: check that out. Favorite makeup product at the moment. I'm guessing it changes all the time.
1: Um, It always changes. Oh, Like I always love – A bronzer, and I think cream bronzers, nude sticks, they're my favourite. Yeah, you can't go wrong. And they're just great for minimal makeup wearers and then professional makeups. So any product you absolutely can't live without on a shoot? Oh, it'd be the bronzer, but maybe lip liner next. Love lip liner. Really? Yeah, I love it. Why? Lips make a makeup. They make it. You know, you don't have to wear lip liner, but I just feel like, yeah, lip liner is like... Because you could just do it like a lipstick. You don't really need. Oftentimes, I don't even put a lipstick on. I just do the lip liner and I shade it in and then blend it out, so it becomes like a. You make the lips really plump, but I think, lip liner makes it just. Lips complete a makeup. I think that's when I started learning how to do lips. My makeup went from it just went to that next level. I love that.
0: My Nana will be so chuffed to hear that oh, lip liner back. It, yeah. Okay. Back. Very good. We are out of time. I have a million other things I would love to ask you, but I feel like we could talk forever about makeup. Maybe it's just my own personal hobby, but I just want to say I'm so grateful for your time. Obviously, during a pandemic, we're all finding ourselves with pockets of time, but I know your time is really valuable. So booking in 30 minutes with you is no small task. (laughs) Um, The positive is, though, you didn't have to drag your makeup kit up my stairs for this hangout. It's (laughs) it's a big one. It breaks my back, that one. Thank you so much, Tenille. Thank you for having me. Make sure you check out Tanil on Instagram. I'll put a link in the show notes to your page. Thank you so much. Thank you.